0: The yeshiva.net I saw once there's a Shemish Shmuel who says a very interesting Torah. He says that the Gemara says in Sanhedrin that uh, Ben Serum murder, that parents have to bring him to Besdin and endorse his death. They say he's not listening to us and this and, and they, they give him lashes and then he gets killed. So the Gemara says... That Ben Loy it never happened, it's never gonna happen, it's never gonna happen. One of the reasons is because the parents have to agree, they also have to have the same voice, it's very hard for it to happen. It's impossible, really. But the most important thing is they both have to agree that this son should die. Even if the father agrees, the mother doesn't agree. <laughs> it's not gonna happen. And it says that even the last moment, if the father or the mother are him, they forgive him. It's over. the ironish is over. If any one of them forgives him, it's done. The, even the last second they say, "Well, Michael, Tom, you can't kill him." So the shameish small is it. doesn't understand. Why do we punish a Ben Serial murder? We punish a Ben Seima not for what he did to his parents. What did he do? He stole money, he ate meat like a glutton, he drank wine like a, like a glutton, and he didn't listen to his father and his mother., no, you don't get killed for that. It's not murder. You get this capital punishments. The pshat is, as we said, Nidin al Shem Saifah. You're the title of Saif died. The way he's going, he's going to become a thief. He's going to become a murderer. So, kill him now. try to predicts he's going to be a murderer and he's anyway going to die. So, kill him before he kills others. So, you're not killing him for what he did to his parents. You're killing him for the fact that Hashem says that in 20 years or 10 years he's going to be a murderer. So how does it help that they're him? If you're killing him because of what he did to his parents, so then it can be moichal. But since you're killing him for what he's going to do to a a stranger, a murderer, it's just what he did to his parents is demonstrating the path, where he's going. Now we would not be able to know that path, but the Rebbein Shalom says, I'm telling you, this is how it's going, it's inevitable. I'm not killing an innocent future, we're killing a a destructive future. (laughs) What does it help that they're moichal? You know what he answers? Yeah. Shei Mishmuel says, Moira de Kivart. Parashos Kiseitze, he says this, with the Mitzvah, the mitzvah ben Sayerah Moira. He says as follows, All tshuva in the world comes from the fact that every Jew has in him or her the Kayach of Avram Mitzvah and Yaakov. And because of that power, that soul of Avram Mitzvah and Yaakov, there's always a capacity for tshuva. In order to be able to have that connection with Avram, Mitzvah, you need to be connected to the chain of generations which begins with your parents. He says when parents cut off a child from their life, when they're not meichel him, it's not just they're not meichel him, they deprive him from the ability to be able to go back to his roots. Because of that, he won't do tshuva. If the parents are meichel, they keep the child close, they embrace the child, they allow that he's Taka Ben Sayer but they will make that because of that he will not become the murderer that he that he's inevitably going to become. It's because they're not Moichel him, so they detach him from the link, and because they detach him from the link, he's going to become a murderer. That's what he says. Ah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shemesh Shmuel was the Sochach of a Rebbe. His name was Shmuel Borenstein. Borenstein, he was the son of the Avni Nezer. Rabbi Avram Bornstein, who was the son-in-law of the Katske Rebbe. So he authored a sefer called Shemesh Shmuel. That's what he says. No, according, according to this, according to this, there's a difference between Yishmael and and the Ben Sari Ramayra. because the Ben Sari Ramayra, Avraham Avinu was Michael Yishmael. It says in of that Avilezer that Avraham Avinu went to visit Yishmael. There's a whole madrash that he went to visit him, and he and he wasn't home. His wife was home. Her name was Patima. Patima, in in, in Islam today, there's uh, Patima is a very a very important name. Yishmael married a girl named Patima, and she wasn't he wasn't home. And but she hosted him, and she was very, very hospitable to him, and it made Avram feel very good. He said that I says he sees that his son, uh, his son uh, retained uh, the traditions of his father. And Rashi he says that Yishmal did shuvah at the end. Yitz- yishmal even let Yitzchak at the Levaya before him, even though he was older, because yishmal did shuvah. So not only was Avram meichel Avram was mekarev so the, uh, the whole Bensarit of Maira doesn't apply. But of means they're not Michael. They're throwing him away. Of course he won't do Tshuva. For his benefit, Yom Uzzakravah, Yom uzhaif. It's not like Yishmol. Basher Husham. So you take a look, Basher Husham. But here there's a, there's a bright future and potential. No, no, but the evidence. The Gamoris says it never happened, it's never gonna happen. But right, but still say that that's real aloha is a bit that the khakhilah they shouldn't be Michael and we should be in Fencer Murder. Like this No, sense, no, nobody says that. Nobody says that parents shouldn't be Michael. That's this, No. These criteria. Nobody says that. True. No, of course not. The Gemara says so. Why does the Torah say these halachas if it's pointless, if it's not going to happen? The answer is shah. Learn it to get rewards. So Shmushan Rofal Hirsch writes, "What shah. Give me something else to learn." <laughs> so he says, "You have to learn this to get schar." So he says a beautiful taitch when it says It means learn this parsha and you will be rewarded with a perspective on education. Wow. Learn this parsha, d'roish. I don't need you to learn this parsha to send your kid to be killed. I need you to learn this parsha so you should learn the fundamentals of education. For example, one of the Allahs of Ben Sari Ramaira is We spoke about it a few weeks ago. So Bikhailenu, the Gemara says that the father and the mother have to have the same voice. Now, where do you have that? Unless they're twins. Even twins. And if they're twins, you can't marry them. (laughs) (laughs) A brother and a sister, a brother and sister not allowed to marry each other. So where are you going to have a father and a mother that have the same coil? It's impossible. So therefore there's no Ben Sari Rumeir. So Rabbi Shemshin Rafal Hirsch writes, he says, this is an example of Dero Yishva Often you have a marriage where there's two voices in the house. Not just physical voices. Moral voices. The father says one thing, the mother says the opposite. Sometimes the mother says the opposite because the father said the opposite. Sometimes the father says because the mother. Even if not, there's just disharmony. There's a lot of contention in the house. He says, then you can't call the child a ben or You can't call him a rebellious child. He grew up in a home where there was no harmony. Einenu <inaudible> Only if their voices are identical. In other words, it was a holistic home. Then you could say he's a rebellious child. If not... Don't attribute it to the child. So this is one of the examples where you learn the parsha. Another example is what we just said that the ben sari murder only gets punished; so they don't forgive him because they detach from him. This is the well, That's why people sometimes think that well, uh, uh, sometimes they have children and the ch- there's a lot of challenges in the house. They throw the child out of the house. They say that they well, they can't ruin the rest of the house and and uh, they have to show the child uh, tough t- tough love. But the truth is that 99% of cases are a terrible mistake. You have to know how to deal with other children, there's no question. It's a problem. But to throw a child out of the house is one of the worst mistakes. Because what you do is you actually cut them off and you almost guarantee that they won't come back. If you continue holding on tight to them, then there's a lot, a lot of hope. With the right perspective, with the right nurture, with the right perspective... That you will not detach them from who they are. That's what the Sheikh Mishmuel teaches already a hundred years ago. I think. What was the word? Because they don't forgive him, they cut him
1: off. They don't forgive him. So basically, they the Shalshalas
0: of Avram and Kenyakov, they sever him from the Shalshalas. They, they cut themselves yeah, Because his connection child. to Avram and Kenyakov is through them. They say, say, You're God. not my child. You're well, a stranger. Your connection is still there. I mean, I yes. But the emotional connection is gone. And that's why the word Vayima'en has a shalshalas. Why does it have a Because what gave Yosef the power to refuse was the sense of the shalshalas, the shame that he had to Yaakov and back. I don't think it's much the same. I mean, a yeshiva has to obviously, you know, figure out, first of all, what's best for this child, and also how it's going to affect other children. They have a responsibility also to other children. That's true. Sometimes houses are like a yeshiva, they have too many children. But if you brought this child into the world, I don't think you're allowed to throw him out of a house. The, the way is, you have to make a meeting with all the other children, and you have to put them all, you have to, not on notice. you have to turn them all into shluchim for this child. You have to empower them. That this child, let's say a child has cancer, or a child has another disease, or a child can't walk, or there's special children, yeah. all the children have to suffer, they could suffer sometimes, and it's a very challenging, it's a challenging situation, there's no question. But what parents have to do is they have to mobilize all the children to say, we're in this together. And you, who have been blessed, you're going to help us. We're going to be a team to help this person. Children are very, very smart. And children are very, very perceptive. The problem is we lie, we cover up. When you you explain to children what's going on, you have a child who suffered from trauma, let's say abuse. A lot of these kids suffered abuse or molestation. And you have to explain to these children that this kid is going through... A very, very, very hard time. And therefore his diet is going to be different. Yeah, His schedule is going to be... Everything is going to be different about him. Sadly, he's not capable of more. He's not capable. He's a bedridden patient. Sometimes it's a physical disease and sometimes it's an emotional disease. Yeah? Trauma is very serious. So what happens then is you turn all the children into shluchim, into, into leaders, into leaders. They all become leaders, and then they're not affected by it, or they become actually more powerful. A challenge it is, but to throw out this child from the house under an ordinary, under, under even difficult circumstances is usually very counterproductive. Extremely counterproductive. I went to one of Avi Fischoff's uh, uh, seminars for a Sunday. So there was a Satme couple there who live in Williamsburg. And their, uh, their child, their child uh, left Yiddishkeit, but didn't just leave. He left with a vengeance and for many years already. Okay, so his, his path, as you know, some of you probably know, is very, very extreme in this way. He says, once children hit a certain point where there's no return, you have to, mamash go on nefesh, to embrace them and do things that you would never do because they are so traumatized, they're so sick, that to have any expectations of them in terms of Shabbos, Yomelke, Kashros, this behavior in the house, he says is completely unrealistic. He says they're too sick. Unfortunately, 98% of them have been molested, many of them for years. They're it sick. Sadly, they are emotionally traumatized and ill. They don't even have a Pchir. They don't have Pchir. They're Pasht they're sick. Huh? Mamush Anoynes. Okay. And in many situations, he's absolutely right, maybe in all situations, certainly in most situations that I know. So he told his parents to, uh, in Williamsburg, to buy him an 80-inch, to uh, to find out what he wants and and to get it for him. He wanted an 80-inch plasma, what is it called, an 80-inch, screen. yeah, in Williamsburg. The, the woman is telling me, the mother is telling me the story in, in her Yiddish. And uh, she's explaining to me what she did. Said, wow, that's, that's fascinating. So what we did for our child? He couldn't believe it. He could not believe it. He came home one day. They wrote a letter apologizing that they never saw his pain. They never felt it. He went through a lot. He was really abused as a kid. And they got him the screen. And he was like, he was just overwhelmed. He was so moved gave his mother a kiss gave his father a kiss haven't given them a kiss in years this happened six months before the seminar she says he still goes out a whole night goes to party till five in the morning and their stomachs turn over but every single night before he leaves eleven o'clock ten o'clock she bakes cookies every day she bakes fresh cookies she gives him the cookies in aluminum foil or a plastic bag she says here You'll have some good cookies for you and your friends. And her husband goes to the door, gives him a hug and says, Listen, my cell phone is open. Any point in the night you need something, you need a lift for you or your friends, you call me. She says, They have a next door neighbor. Same thing. He also leaves. They actually hang out together. And he leaves every night. And the parents scream. They scream at him. His father screams at him and hollers at him. He says almost every night he turns around, he picks up one of his fingers to his father and he uses two words that I shouldn't repeat, even not on video, certainly on video. Every night. Every single night. It's like the same thing. Lifts up his finger, says two words to his father. His father curses him out. Mother cries, runs to the kitchen. Their neighbor, their neighbor. And uh, so she tells me and she says now it's six months later. And he now comes to every single Shabbos meal. Every single Shabbos he comes to the meal and he started to keep Shabbos. And recently he started to put on tefillah. So here you have one extreme and you have another extreme. That's what the Shemuel says. If parents can't forgive a child for all the pain that the child caused them, they're ultimately guaranteeing that the pain will continue forever. Paradoxically, by not letting go of the pain we guarantee its eternity by letting go and forgiving the child and understanding that he also went through some hard times maybe even worse than the parents we let the child actually be reunited with the parents. It's a very powerful observation because it's counterintuitive. You see, what do you mean? That he's a low life with this kid. he embarrassed the whole mishpacha. He destroyed our reputation. He destroyed the shidduchim of all of his sisters. He destroyed. What do you mean? Be meichel? How can I be meichel? I have eleven kids who are destroyed because of him. How can I be meichel? For you're, 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 you're being righteous. He's, he's an oichay he's A pasei he eats chazah barabim. Yom he smokes in front of the shul and a gate machshikas. What do you mean? I be meichel? How can I be meichel? So we hold on to that. Of course, we always say it's because of God. It's not personal. Okay, that's what we all do. But what you're doing is actually you're making sure that he'll never do tshuva. He can't. Because the emotional pain distances you from him. On the other hand, if you could be meichel, (laughs) what's up meichel? What's tshat meichel? Meichel means that you can accept. You can understand that people are on journeys. And sometimes it's difficult. It's complicated. And what if this kid was molested? It's really not his fault. Molestation plays with the brain. It destroys you. Some of, some people sitting in this room know what I'm talking about. It destroys your brain forever. I don't know forever, but for years and decades you have to deal with it. So it's the kid's fault. The kids the People go to addiction because they have to numb the pain. So it, it causes pain to parents, but I have to be able to appreciate, to embrace the bigger picture. And then, I get rid of the negative energy. I let go of this emotional distance that I created between me and my child. And paradoxically, my child can actually, because I tolerate him, he can actually change. He can actually grow. The word mechila, the Maral says, comes from the word machil, which means a dance, a circle. By being machel, you bring him back into the machil into the dance of Knesset Yisro. Baruch <speaking in> Hu <Hebrew> You bring him back into the circle. You throw him out. There's no Mechila. He's not part of the Machel anymore. You make sure he stays out of the circle. He's not part of the chain. There's a Shalshelis. It goes from Avramavinu Through Mashiach. You take, you throw him out of the chain. Bismaskem, Rabbi Zechik. everything. What about a soft landing for this kid? Instead of getting thrown out into the street, he goes into the the Zadie and and the Bubby's house. That's good, but the main thing is he should not feel that he's being thrown under a bus. Zadie's and Bubby's house may be a wonderful alternative. It's quiet if Bubby is nurturing and not obsessive. Yeah. And maybe he may be explained that you read. Perhaps. It may be. All alternatives should be considered. But to lock a door and say you're not coming into my house, in most circumstances, I'm not saying in all circumstances, you know, if the kid is, uh, sometimes you have a child who's, uh, who physically could be, viol- whatever, you know, could be physically dangerous. I mean, there are exceptions. We're not talking about that. We're talking about he's thrown out of the house because he's not accommodating the the, the traditions or the culture of the house. It, it's certainly difficult. It's not. Uh, it's a big nissayin. It's a big nissayin. But that's that's a Nisayan. Nisayan means you have to rise to the occasion. I can't uh, I can't be Mafka, my child because I'm having a Nisayan. There was a suicide recently in Yerushalayim, a kid. So Avi Fisher told me there was a little background behind it. His brother had a bar mitzvah that night. And he came to the bar mitzvah dressed like a cowboy. Cowboy hat, torn jeans, you know, exposed in some areas, a new tattoo, whatever he had. I mean, he was dressed for the occasion perfectly. So the real Yerushalayim family, you know, Echdi Yerushalayim, walks into the bar mitzvah, they look at him. His father and his brothers go over to him and say, Don't embarrass us here. You get out, you go dress like a mensch, you get rid of all your mishagasim and come back, you could come to the B'mitzvah He went home and he killed himself. They didn't of course mean to do that. They just they were horribly embarrassed, you know. I'm not judging them, but he, he it was like his he had no place in the world anymore. It's, it's very sad. It's huh? probably not the first time that it's in the world. Yeah, but the B'mitzvah was like, you know, the straw The combination. You know, It was the yeah, culmination. The it the wasn't... the came uh, like that, man, that it had intervened... There was a lot of... He wanted to come to the... He wanted trying. to come to his... He probably loved his brother. Probably this... You know, a 13-year-old kid you're not upset at. He probably had a special relationship with his brother. And this was... Uh, he had a statement. And there was another family, another family, this was in New York, and Flatbush, a similar story. And, uh, and Fishef told me that he was at that bar mitzvah. And he saw this kid come in also dressed completely, halbnaket he came in, completely inappropriately. And uh, his father went over to him and gave him a big hug and said, thank you so much for coming to the bar mitzvah. And he says, Fishef sat down with this boy because he knows him, and they were schmoozing for an hour. And after an hour, the boy looks at the and says, do you think I'm dressed appropriately for this bar mitzvah? He says, I think so. I think so. He's like, really? I don't think so. I should go change. And he goes and changes and comes back. (laughs) You understand? He's talking to him for an hour. He says, you think I'm dressed appropriately for this bar mitzvah? He's like, of course, you're perfect. You fit perfect. He didn't even want to say you're not dressed appropriately. And then the kid on his, he said, what happened? He, they're not responding. They're responding from kavanah. It's a deep kavanah here. I'm getting dressed. He's in his own world. He's in his own zone. By having that closeness, he actually became a little more healthy. He actually looked at himself. He looked at him and he said, you know what, maybe I should change. Oh, no kidding. And he went, he put on a white shirt, he put on black pants, and he came back and said, oh, I thought that was marvel- marvelous. Two responses. No, Which kid is going to come back to Yiddishkeit? You know the answer. That's the difference between Yishmol and the Ben Serenim where Yishmol had a good father. He had a normal father. Huh? Yishmol did come back. back. Yishmol did, did, did shuvah. And that's even Yishmol before Matan Torah. Yishmol was not a Jew. That's even Yishmol. Kol Shekena Yiddish Neshamah Achevekele Kam Imal After Matan Torah, Avonu Vecher It is a whole different story. I had one that had